day's top headlines about your favorite teams, your favorite players, and who's putting numbers on the board. As always, Wildcat 91.9 Sports is supported by Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville, Meritrust Credit Union of Manhattan, Meadowlark Hills Retirement Community, Midwest Dream Car Collection, and by WTC Fiber Communications. Tonight's skill player is Jasmine Halliburton. She's not complicated, but she can't be replicated because no one is doing it quite like her. It's time to run it back with Jasmine Halliburton on Wildcat 91.9. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back. You guys heard the big man. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I am joined in studio with John Grove in the building with me. No Jake Foyle today, so you just got our two glorious voices. But, John, how are you doing on this fine but cold Monday evening? I'm doing I'm doing quite dandy. It's been a little bit of a long weekend, but we're back at it. Uh, of course, it's, it's kind of a shame that Jake's not here, but... Uh, I mean, he, he doesn't have the voices that we do. I guess so. That He's just going to have to I'm miss joking. out on this rant I'm, that I'm, I'm about to go on. Yeah, he... <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly, y'all, there's there's no point in beating around the bush. I might as well just get all this bull jive started right now, okay? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know the tune. It's the sad Naruto music, whatever. And the reason I play this song, it's always because somewhere in the sporting world, ish does not go my way. And honestly, I hate to say I play this so damn much, bro. (laughs) I play this song too damn much. But you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The best thing I can do is this right here. I am a proud Dallas Cowboys fan. I have been for as long as I've been alive, for 24 years. A lot of dedication. A lot of dedication. A lot. Honestly, people would be impressed at the amount of dedication. A lot of dedication. A lot of dedication to that blue star. A lot! Hell! So much. But, but. <laughs> okay, you see. Last night really sucked because the Cowboys lost again to the damn 49ers, bro. What is that the second year in a row? Yeah, 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 oh, man. yeah. It is. It is the second. It is the second year in a row. It's uh. the second year in a row, we lose to an average quarterback that just is surrounded by an absolutely amazing team. The thing that sucks about it is that's Brock Purdy. So I w- <laughs> the, that was one of the reasons why I was pulling for the Cowboys. It's freaking Brock Purdy, man. It's freaking Brock Purdy, man. But but you know you know. I know I'm trying to find a lot of positives and a lot of things, but I just can't right now. Deep, deep breaths. You got it. Okay, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Despite what my voice sounds like, and I know how you're looking at me, John, and I know I had a really <laughs> clenched fist right now, but I'm not upset. This, The ending of this season was Ooh, not sorry. nearly as upsetting as the end of last season. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I did not feel nearly as upset because last season, the Dallas Cowboys just got pumped that they were just a bunch of wusses, Okay. That's what it was. It was on their home field. It was on well. their home field. Yeah. They was getting bullied. They was getting punked like they're not physical team. I was like, you deserve to freaking lose in front of me right now. Yeah. But then yesterday, I really came in like, okay, maybe we got a little 
bit of a chance. We knew it was going to be a grinder. We knew it was going to be low scoring because both these defenses are the truth, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. But then, <sighs> Jesus. Both defenses Both defenses. Obviously, this is number one defense in the league, and Dallas Cowboys a top ten defense this year as well. I both top three in sacks. Like it was a, we knew this was happening. We knew this was coming. But 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 the reason why I'm so I'm so disappointed. Not only because this is a loss, you know, it's a loss, you know, it, stuff happens. It's football. It Not everyone it can win the Super Bowl. Only someone only wins the Super Bowl. Only one team wins the Super Bowl out of 32 teams. It's not always gonna be you. Okay, I get that. That's fine. A lot of people don't get that, but I get that. But the reason why I'm very disappointed with this team is because we knew everything that came into fruition happened like I knew it was gonna happen earlier in the season. Did I not? The very first show, one of the very first shows. And Dak Prescott, he broke his damn thumb because oh, he moved right. our rookie, you know, right guard to left tackle, which he did a good job still, but he practiced all offseason at right guard and had to move him to tackle. Dak got his thumb broken. We thought that was going to be the end, but, you know, we got lucky. I'm very grateful for that. Well, it's a, it's a, I'll admit, you also kind of scooted back from the mic as well, so yeah. smart smart thinking right there. Yeah, and honestly, it, 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 it exceeded expectations because, because everything else that also happened with this damn team, the offseason, off was the fact was the absolute fact that we had no damn receivers, okay? Yeah. We had CeeDee Lamb, which was fantastic, okay? Michael Gallup was still recovering from his ACL injury that he didn't come back from until October. You had James Washington, who got hurt in the offseason. They ended up letting him go when he got better anyway, okay? And you had you had receivers starting with CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott in week one that is not even on the damn team anymore Oh, that's yesterday. Right. That was it. You got T.Y. Hilton, which honestly, if they were going to do something at receiver, they should have done it weeks before. But okay, fine. You get a 30-something-year-old at wide receiver, and that's the best help we're going to get. Damn it. That's it? That's, that's it. it. No, that's not it, because C.D. can't do this by himself. He proved he's the number one receiver. And he, and he, he, but and he can't do this mess by himself. You see, all these other teams who actually were really good last season and decided, like, you know what? We didn't win the Super Bowl. I think we could do something to get better. And give him all the credit in the world. He had 10 catches, 117, uh, 117 yards. He had a great day. But I think uh, at the same time, Dallas couldn't find anything to do anything on the ground. No, because Tony Pollard got hurt too. He broke his damn leg, and I hate that for Tony. That really sucks. I hate that for Tony. This man was going to get a major bag next season. A major bag, whether with the Cowboys or with somebody else. I doubt it was with the Cowboys because the people who run this joint are cheapy McCheapskates. Every single one of them. I'm looking at Stephen Jones. I talk about Jerry Jones a lot. A oh, I, lot. I, I don't think there's but, enough. I don't think there's enough criticism towards Jerry Jones. I know, but I'm looking at his dweeb of a son, the GM Stephen Jones. That's who I'm looking at his cheap self. They always think they can do more with less, and look at them. They always get to this point if they're lucky to get to this point, and stuff like this always happens, John. Yeah. It happens like this. This don't get me wrong. This exceeded expectations. Did Dak have a good year? No. He was honestly he did not have a good year at all. He was terrible this season. But granted, you still have 13 wins and make it to the second round of the playoffs with your quarterback's worst season in years, if not his whole career. You could build around that if you actually help him. Well, th this was also coming up. Uh, uh, this was this was a week right after one of his better performances. I mean, 
I know. We, I mean, a lot of the media, they've spent the entire week marveling over his performance in the wild card week against Tampa Bay, and it just didn't come into fruition. It didn't. It didn't. And against the that's what makes it so frustrating, because I recognize this. I recognize this. Dak did not have a good season. Dak had a terrible game last night. And it's even more frustrating because he had an amazing game the weekend prior against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whose defense is honestly nothing to sneeze at then. It was just, he's just been wishy-washy this season. I recognize that. I understand mm -hmm. that. And then you have all of these people who are like, you know what? They just got to get rid of Dak Prescott. Everything the Dak Prescott arrow has ended at the Dallas Cowboys. Who are you going to replace Dak Prescott with? Who? It sure as hell ain't going to be no damn Derek Carr. I know that's for damn sure. Or no damn Jared Goff. So what other option is there? How high is the buyout for uh, Dak? He's honestly not even a top 10 paid quarterback anymore. Really? That's what, that's what everyone's been like. Oh, it's Dak's contract. That's been oh, messing yeah. everything up. That's why they got rid of Amari Cooper, which I'll get on that in a damn minute. But no, that's not it. They're like, bro, there's so many quarterbacks who get paid more than Dak Prescott now. Okay, the, the, the average good... quarterback gets paid 40, 44 million in the NFL now. That's well, just how it is. Well, it's a good thing that, I mean, he's not top 10, so, I mean. That's, it, that's fine. But, Honestly, that's fine. I mean, fine. It's, not, it's not to anywhere where I had to suffer with Russell Wilson, but. Look, but you think, it's, this was just a down year. Down years happen. Yeah, Honestly, you, I, don't yeah. I don't expect I, the Broncos yeah. to be as terrible as they were this, this past season. Because, honestly, there's really nowhere else you can go but up. To, mm -hmm. to be, let's, let's be fair. We're rock bottom. Yeah, you're you're literally beat, at rock we, we, bottom. We beat the Chargers to end the year, but even then, I that's, was like, that's no, great, no, like brother, that's no. great. Uh -uh. But there's you can there's only one way for y'all to go, and that is up. And we all have seen the talent that Russell Wilson can be. It was just a bad season. Mm -hmm. That was that was honestly it. Friggin', people friggin people recognize Nathaniel that. Hackett, man. And Nathaniel Hackett turns out he just cannot cut it. Dumpster fire. As a as a head he, coach, he, he he is so bad to the point where where. Calling him a dumpster fire is offensive to both dumpsters and fires at Dang, the same time. Uh, yeah, sorry, that just blew blew a gasket right there. No, that's perfectly fine because John, if there's any if there's anyone else listening to you right now, I understand what a dumpster fire is. I get it. I really do. I get it. Shout out to my grandparents. Yo, shout out shout out to grandparents of of John Grove right now. But I'm telling you, the. There's, I know there are so many things I could say. There are so many things that I could really continue on and on about, about how, what it's like to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. What it's oh, really man. like. This is not a bandwagon thing, because why the hell would anyone want a bandwagon being a Cowboys fan when they ain't won anything in my entire lifetime? I don't know how that could be a thing. I don't know. This is all we freaking have, John. This is it. I can't yeah. just give up on this team. I can't say like I can't be like all all those other people who say I'm it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done being a Cowboys fan. That's so little of them. That's 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 adolescent. That's childlike for the people uh, saying, you know what, I'm done. Because like you know what, I've already tried that before. I already did try that before. And every time I said that, and every time I'd watch them on TV. I see the Cowboys play, and every part of me is just like, dang, I really hope they win. I get a little upset when they lose, and I get excited when they win, and that's after I said I'm done with the Cowboys. I can't do that. I'm locked in this damn marriage for life. It's a toxic relationship, and I do not plan on leaving because I'm an idiot, but that's just how life goes. I, and I can't bandwagon anywhere else because that'd be really fake of me to do. I do recall one of uh, one of the uh, one of the episodes we did with Colby during the football season and and you, you you're watching the cowboys game while we were i was doing the show and you know, like just, just seeing your facial expressions throughout the game you were just completely locked in and in the zone you didn't <laughs> i didn't hear a damn word kobe was saying the entire i think we were playing the bears 
that game. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah, I think we were playing the Bears, and then that was the first game where I saw that the Dallas' run defense was awful. But, see, there's – you – I don't I don't know how many people that are as equal to me about how, how much – how I'm invested. I don't want to call myself emotional right now. I want to call myself passionate. I'm very passionate. You are passionate. I, I'm passionate about my team, and I'm passionate about – about honestly everything that they've done to me, <laughs> good and bad. I know right now it's it's bad. I had I had a piece of good for a but a moment last season, but a moment when we went on like a nice a seven eight game winning streak. <laughs> I was like, yo, is this what it's like to be part of a winning team? But then you know how all that that mess ended, right? They started losing the last like what is it, what, five of the last six games or whatever. Came into wild card weekend got their backs blown out by the 49ers okay that's how that ended but now we're here once again i had low expectations they still exceeded my expectations like i said to have no receivers other than cd lamb we our offensive line was just plug and go hope for the best our secondary kept getting hurt and it was just absolutely and utterly trash but now i also think considering the defense did so well yesterday jerry's gonna look at that secondary and be like yeah we're fine like we didn't just Piece and plug everything that we could out of literally the recycling bin to piece up the secondary. But ever, but since the defense did really well yesterday, they're gonna be like, eh, it'll be fine. Yeah, it, it's just like it's just like coming off of one game when in reality you're, you're looking at the overall work throughout the entire season based on one position, and you're saying, oh, it's terrible. Uh, but I mean, he's probably gonna look at it like, oh man, look, the, the potential is there. I mean, it's gonna be. That's why we always get stuck in the yeah. same damn place. You literally have, you had the Kansas City Chiefs, the oh best team, just the best team. They lost Tyreek Hill. What did they do? They actually got some more dudes at, at the receiver position. They had the best quarterback in the damn NFL and lost one guy. And you're like, no, we can't allow any drop off, anything whatsoever, none. And they and they go out and get Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They go out and get... Um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, they okay. got, yeah, I forgot Juju Smith. And, and even after the Super Bowl, when their offensive line was actually trash against Tampa Bay, they went out and fixed it the following, that offseason. That is, that is a proactive organization, okay? And then the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that I hate more than life itself, they have done an excellent damn job at everything. They have they done have. excellent at drafting. They have done excellent at not being complacent about what they have. They won the Super Bowl. They were in the gutter for a couple years. They saw what they had and they fixed it. Well, not not don't not, not, not only did they win the Super Bowl, they did it under just it's Nick Foles. That's how good of a team that they had. That that's how you good didn't of a have to be so reliable on, on a quarterback. You didn't. You didn't have to have an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And the same thing kind of applies for Dallas. Would that be, yeah, yeah, it same, does. Because Dallas it would does. It has to rely more on Dak Prescott to make more of a game-winning play. And Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback. He, he is. is a good he's not elite. He's not. He's obviously he's not on the level of Patrick Mahomes. He's not on the level of Joe Burrow. These are generational type of dudes. Okay, not everybody can get a cookie out the cookie jar. Okay, right. not everyone can just luck into these dudes. Hell, it even took Kansas City what fifty-five years to get back to a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Until they got Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. So it this stuff like this happens. That's fine. You have Dak Prescott. No, is he the most elite quarterback in the NFL? No, he is not. But like you said, like you had Nick Foles win a damn Super Bowl. You had Joe Flacco win a Joe Super Bowl. Flacco. Dak Prescott is ten times better than Joe Flacco and Nick Foles. 
you can argue with your mama on that. Mm-hmm. So what did they have on those teams that Dallas does not when you don't have to rely on your quarterback? More weapons. More weapons and a damn good defense. And a really good, yep, yeah. Yeah. A really good defense. We have a good defense. We cut our weapons literally in half on offense and said, Dak, go do stuff. Dak, go do stuff. That's not what happened. That's not what happened when had had Jalen Hurts, and he had an almost MVP season. Okay, they added people for him. They was on. They got AJ Brown for him. They literally got dudes on defense for him. They got CJ Gardner or whatever his name is. Okay, in the secondary, they got dudes at D Lyman and already good defense mid season. Mm-hmm. I hate how well that they have done. And you look at Jerry's old behind, just doing whatever he can to make some damn money because we know that man is not leaving this earth until he wins a Super Bowl. Okay, but yet he's doing just enough to keep the Cowboys relevant, but not actually doing what needs to be done to make a damn Super Bowl because it's Super Bowl or bust with this team. That's what, it is. That's, what it's, that's what's been made of in the media. That's what's been made up by Jerry. That's it. There's no other, any, all the other 31 teams are basically chilling when it comes to stuff like this. But no, if no. it's not the Super Bowl, you sucked. That's it. Doesn't matter if you won 13, 14 games. That is it. You suck. Like some of, like some they of the, ex- to themselves. the 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 expectations for Dallas has just completely skyrocketed for up years. Has. It, 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 it always yeah, has. Yeah, it always has. Yeah. That's why I think when people say just get rid of Dak Prescott, you know, I was like, you know what? That'd be the biggest mistake since firing Jimmy Johnson. It really would because that guys would. who guys who leave the Dallas Cowboys, they end up actually playing a little better in their next team. You know why? Because they say it's, you know, without all that extra stuff that goes mm-hmm. on at, at the star. All the extra media, all the extra expectations, all the extra this, all the extra that. You put someone else who's not drafted at QB into this team, I promise you they will fold like a load of laundry with the expectations of being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It really is. Don't yeah. argue with your mama on this. You know good and well. You put any other quarterback and a free agent into the Dallas Cowboys, they will fold. They will fold. Mm-hmm. I truly and utterly believe that. If you find one better than Dak Prescott, sure, they'll be good for a little bit. But as soon as soon as they lose a playoff game, guess what? Guess what, honey? It's it's repeat. Everyone rinse will turn repeat. on you so damn fast, quicker than a you. It's gonna be rinse and repeat. It's going to be rinse and repeat. There's nothing that can be done to stop this. We're just too we're just too far deep. You are literally neck deep in expectations, and I get that that's not going to change. But that's still the argument that I possess on a lot of these fools out here that says Dak Prescott should go and replace him with who? We that Dallas has they they have like a bottom twenty five pick this in the in this year draft. You want him to get a QB from there? No, you don't. Or how about you trade up? You want to give all the things that made this team a playoff team up to get a new quarterback? And you hope and pray they turn out like Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Everyone thought that Zach Wilson could be that dude, but what what happened to him? What's going on with him? He got benched by one of the worst teams in the freaking National Football League <laughs> because he sucked. And he was a top five pick. He was a top five pick. So there's no guarantee that this is going to happen. So what are you going to do? They're not going to try to throw money at trying to get Lamar Jackson or throw money at trying to get Josh Allen or all these other dudes who are still on contract. Some of the other busts you have, like Baker Mayfield. Hell no. I'm not getting no Baker Mayfield. Hell no. Nope. mm, No. No. I'd rather kick a brick wall with open-toed shoes. 
Okay? That would hurt. I'd rather do that than have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback and everyone think it'd be an upgrade over Dak Prescott. Like I as will a, fight as a, everybody. As a, as a like as a first as a first year starter. So mm. like there's no mm. that that's that. a that's a Sick. that's a high high risk. It is a high risk. So why not just stay where we are, right now, and go for some more weapons. And go for some more weapons. Thank you. They need to shut up and pay up. They've been cheap. They've been cheap for a while. Okay. They can figure out either they get rid of Ezekiel Elliott or they reconstructure his contract to make it more team friendly. I don't know. Whatever they have to do, but they need to spend money to be a good team. To be a good team, guess what? You need to spend money. And they're not prepared really to do that on outside of the little name people that's been there for a minute. That's it. They don't want to get outside free agents. They never do. There's never a big name free agent signing. The biggest free agent signing we've ever had was Amari Cooper. That was midseason. And when he came, it elevated the Dallas offense just like that when it needed to. And that's fantastic. Are we, are we going to touch it. on Amari Cooper or... Oh, geez, what have I done? Look, no, 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 it's not that what you've done. It's not what you've done. Honestly, I've been talking for a long time, and I should have been gone into commercial or into spot break like <laughs> six minutes ago. But I just want to get all of this off my chest so I don't have to bring it up ever again until next season, okay? All right, go ahead. The fact that I told y'all this, that it was going to be stupid that the Dallas Cowboys give up Amari Cooper for a damn bag of chips in a fifth round. In a fifth damn round. Wouldn't it have been great to have him, maybe? <laughs> Wouldn't it? You were waiting. You were putting all your all all your chips in on Michael Gallup when he came back from injury, and you know he d- d- no. no. Granted, I, Michael, I love Michael Gallup. I do. Came back from an ACL injury. He this season when he played, he has not been the same. He's not. I didn't really expect him to to be the same because he's just a few months out of having a knee injury. Next year, will it probably be different? Yes. But if they bring somebody in to help C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup's going to be wide receiver number three. Until he proves that he can go back to himself, he's going to be wide receiver number three. That's that's it. That's point point blank, period. Clear as mud. But once again, you put yourselves in a position to where, damn, it would have been really nice to have another receiver right now, wouldn't it? Jeez, I wonder what Amari Cooper's up to. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what, guys? You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's all I can do is just... Take this all on my chest. Got, I know it was a really it long time. Out. You got it all out. I know. I got. I did. I think I did get it all out. And if I didn't, well, so tough nuggets. It. All right. So, honestly, thank you all for listening to that. And <laughs> as I need to now collect myself and to really just, I don't know, to just, just really, really, really get my bearings together. Mm-hmm. We're now gonna take this little spot break okay and now that i've got this all about my chest about the dallas cowboys we can get to something that actually means good things here oh, in manhattan kansas because i'm pretty sure none of y'all don't even like the cowboys and i'm literally just the only person here that does but we will move on to k-state men's basketball with the rankings coming out today i don't know if y'all heard but but it's a, it's it's single digits in front of that name kansas state mm-hmm. now all right, so now we're going to get into stuff that's really popping. And we will be right back after this break. We'll see y'all in two minutes. Yeah! 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. I am joined in studio with John Grove. Y'all, if y'all missed the rant, it was hefty. It was very hefty. It was real hefty. I didn't think I had that much to get off my chest. And honestly, I feel like I was just rambling and all over the place. But I'm a passionate fan who's still living in the moment of losing again in the playoffs. But everyone's been there. Judge me not. Let's focus on winning. Yeah. Yeah. Let's focus on winning. Let's focus on winning. Let's focus on winning. Focus on winning. Winning is what exactly what K-State's doing right now. K-State men's basketball is winning, baby. Okay? Because the AP poll just came out today. I don't know if y'all heard. I don't know if y'all missed it. But K-State men's basketball is ranked number five in the country. Yeah. Y'all hear that? Mm Mm-hmm. Lean back. Lean back. Hey, lean back. Also, that means KU is number nine, too. Where, where are them haters at? I don't know. They need to lean back because they need to get in the back of the class, bro. I can't, I can't find those trolls anywhere I on can't Twitter. Find them. Where are they at? They're a little quiet, ain't they? I don't know. Somebody need to, need to take attendance. But K-State, number five in the country. Honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know the full history of K-State sports. I'll be honest. Anything before 16, I'm not really mm-hmm. all that aware of. But, John, do you know if this is the highest ranking we've had or is this the highest it's for the, at least a long, long time? I want to say the highest ranking since two, since the 2010 season when Jacob Pullen uh, was was on cam- uh, when it was Jacob Pullen's final season. Um, I want to say we started preseason third behind Michigan State and Duke, but I was reading a magazine as well. So uh, that was that was way back when in the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, – to see to see K State at number five, especially in Jerome Tang's first year. I mean, um, I'm telling you, who would have thought? Who would have thought? On, honestly, not me. I was. No. We talked about it. We talked about it last week. How this team is just exceeding expectations, right? Oh, it's it's further than exceeding expectations. It's skyrocketing. It's skyrocketing. Uh huh. Because we were picked tenth out of ten to finish in the Big Twelve. We were picked and, to finish to finish last. And, and it's totally understandable as well with. Just the situation that K-State was dealing with at the time with just two returning players off of last year's roster. Mm-hmm. And, man, you just had to bring in everybody else and see how every, how everything sticks together on the court. Yep. Next thing you know, I mean, we, we're, we're staring at not just uh, a, a top five ranking, but uh, just contending for a Big 12 championship now. And it's – I – like we said, this was not to be expected uh-uh. in the offseason. It was not. I mean, we kind of we got excited, like, you know, and every the roster started to fill out a little bit. We got some dudes from the transfer portal who are former, you know, four stars, right? And typically it's been a lot of three-star guys that has come through the K-State ranks. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's, that is not, it's never a bad thing, ever, ever. Don't ever get it twisted when I say that. But still, I was a little bit excited, like, oh, okay, getting some young dudes from the transfer portal, transfer portal. Who were four stars. That's fantastic. That's great. And you started to fill out just a little bit more. You get a top JUCO transfer in Naquan Tomlin that people that people talked about and liked a lot. But of course yep. it was JUCO, so it wasn't getting a whole a whole lot of talk, you know, a well, whole on, lot of discussion, on right? T- on top of that, prior to that, he was playing unorganized basketball. Right. And this kid never played he never played organized basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. He just started playing a couple years ago. That's it. But he's already a heavily recruited guy. Coming out of JUCO, got him. Boom, that's great. But like God, I said, boom. there wasn't there wasn't a whole a whole whole lot of conversation about him because he came from the JUCO ranks. Okay, right. But then 
really, really what solidified it was obviously Keontae Johnson. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Because I, I was aware of Keontae Johnson when he played at Florida yep. in, in his freshman and sophomore years before he collapsed. And I saw and I was aware that, yo, this kid got talent. This he does kid, have talent. This kid got some talent. He was preseason one of a top freshman in the running uh, – one of a top – he was, running he, I, he, he, I think he, he like finished SEC, uh, SEC freshman of the year, right? I think so. I think yeah. that's where he finished, and then he was preseason. What is it? He was a preseason SEC player of the year. Maybe it was like an SEC first oh, team, first yeah. team maybe. It was something. I can't it was it was accolades. Okay, it was it was accolades coming from an SEC conference that has like what fourteen schools, yep. right? So a lot of schools, and he's getting accolades in. in in this conference, we so when I I knew I knew who that was and I knew I was like, gosh, we can get Keontae Johnson, like this could this could be interesting. We might be able to go to a tournament. To me, that's uh, what I thought. To, to me, it was uh, I was questioning it because I I mean it was all depending on the health of Keontae Johnson at the time, whether he was going to be uh, where, where he is now, which is just I mean, having so many great nights, or if it's to the point it was. Just, where it's just kind of like, all right, he, he's 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 great, but not to not to where he was at Florida. But I mean, he's he, he he's he's elevated those expectations. Oh, one thousand percent elevated those expectations. And you know, another guy who elevated expectations obviously is Marquise Noel. Oh yeah. We I mean we knew the kind of talent that he had mm-hmm. last season. We knew, but the sample size was kind of small necessarily it was it was it was kind of small he was you know coming in after you know Nigel Pack for start of the season but then you know they were forced to play small ball a lot last season right so of course you had you know Marquise Noel playing a lot more minutes and everything like that and you knew he could score around the rim he you knew that he had he had a deep he had a deep shot in his bag right because he would take those a lot of times really made us nervous that he would take those last season. Last season, he scared the crap out of me every yeah, time he, he took a deep the, shot. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, every time I was like, what is he doing? It's like this, like the no, 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 yes, or no, 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 see type of thing. But now this season. It's like, oh, okay, it he, is, can, he might be able to shoot it. His development, to me, has been honestly astronomical. We knew what mm-hmm. he was able to do defensively because he led the Big 12 in steals last season, right? Or he was at least, what is it, first team all defense. Big 12 all defense, right, if I'm not mistaken. So we knew defensively what this guy could do. Leading the league in assists, I believe. And now he's yeah. leading the league in assists. His development as a player in just one offseason, to me, is just astronomical. Mm-hmm. What he's what he's been able to do. Now that he's literally, like, he's, he's the general. He's a floor general right there. And Coach Tang talked about how in the KU game, because the last, last, time we, last time we talked, it was the night before KU. Marquise did not really have a good scoring game at K- against KU. Only had four points, but Coach Tane that that was probably his best game as a point guard in his career. I, I also want to point out at the same time, and I was listening to this uh, on on KMAN as well um, during one of their shows. Um, I mean, he, he, to be fair, over prior to playing Kansas, you would have expected to see the, the likes of Coach Self or Jamie Dixon. Uh, find ways to to limit Marquis Snowwell based on the way he's been playing in in some of the other games like the Baylor and the Texas games mm-hmm. where he just where he just went completely off. Uh, what what was it? He didn't. I mean he 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 didn't flirt with thirty points in the way he started with conference play, but 
he's still finding ways to help contribute to this team. Yes. It's just it's just absolutely insane. It is it's it's incredible because like this team is doing something that teams of the past hasn't been able to do and that's it's it's share the ball and share the ball effectively. Like this team is I think I think they're leading the Big 12 in assists or at least they're top 2 in assists in the Big 12 and they're probably top in the country in assists per game. This team shares the ball so much. And I asked Coach Tang that question after one of the games, like, because it was another game where they had 20 or more assists. And he, I asked him, like, why is that working so well? And he said, like, these guys just love each other. They, they, they are in the gym literally all the time. These guys do not leave the gym. And now they're at a point where this is the best start K-State has had in 60 years, being, being 17-2. and two right now and this is and this is a team that is not satisfied with just being here they're not satisfied with just beating KU because coach Tang said after everyone stormed the floor he said expect to win Mm -hmm. this is the last court storm from here on out you you know what time it is Mm -hmm. I'm adding I'm ad-libbing at that point I'm I'm adding in like you know what time it is there should be no more court storming but he was saying that you should not be satisfied with this and he knows the team should not be satisfied with this as well so let's take a listen to what he had to say about that what I do know is that they're not satisfied. They don't think we're, we're as good as we can be. Um, they understand every day we keep getting better, and, and, and they really love basketball. Like, I got a group that really loves basketball, and, and I have to monitor their time in the gym to make sure that we have legs. And so, um, you know, we, we uh, frankly, we, we, we probably enjoyed the Kansas win too much and still had a little hangover in our first practice back. And I had to stop practice and say, hey, y'all go home and we'll come back tonight because we're not, we're not getting better. We weren't going 1-0 and in practice. And they left and we brought them back and you know, had some stuff prepared for them. Nothing physical. I'm, not, I'm, an, I'm crazy, but I'm not an idiot. I knew we needed legs. And, uh, you know, and the guys saw it and bought into what we showed them and understood and and then the next day we had a really good practice yesterday which led into today see that's one of the more impressive things to me because you have an emotional win Mm -hmm. right over number two team in the country a team that you know i don't know how deep into history like a lot of the guys are marquis doel and ishmael they've only been here there's only their second year they've only tasted this rivalry rivalry two other times Right, and everyone else is is really new to it, but having such an emotional win against that team, and he said like they came into practice still kind of feeling himself a little bit, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, let's let's limp that in the butt, let's chill, y'all go home, we gonna start fresh later, okay?" And then then you, know, you look into what they did against TCU, which was a, which was a grinder. A lot of people had that being a trap game, right? And, it, and at the and towards the beginning, it made it kind of look like a little bit of a trap game. Against against Texas Tech because Texas Tech has yet to win a, yeah. a game in conference play. You would expect there to be a lot of urgency from Texas Tech. Exactly, and they did, and they did have a lot of urgency. They mm-hmm. knew that was the type of game they were going to get themselves into going up against Texas Tech. A lot of a lot of teams trying to go after you when you have a number in front of your name. Now we we now know this considering that sixty percent of the Big Twelve has a number in front of their name now, but it's the fact that what they did after getting such a good win against KU and now getting the win against Texas Tech. And now you also look on the flip side of it where KU loses an emo- has an emo- uh, loses an emotional game, an emotional loss, losing by one point in overtime. How do they bounce back? They don't. They, they get, get they get, drilled. They get drilled. They get blown out 
by TCU on their own floor. On their own floor. And a lot of people had a, had expectations for TCU to compete on top of the Big 12. And I yes, thought so as well. Yes. They started extremely slow, losing a lot to something called Northwestern State early on in the season. Mm-hmm. But as the weeks pass on, they start getting better. You're seeing Mike Miles, Eddie Lampkin just start. Killing really, it. just Yeah, just killing it. Especially Eddie Lampkin, man. Dude is an absolute beast. And, and, and for KU, it's not like they don't have... I mean, K.J. Adams is very serviceable, but it's not like they don't have an Oshai Abaji or Dave McCormick or Yudoka Azabuki coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah, those really big dudes at the five. Mm-mm. There's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people. At least there's not a lot of big guys at the moment in the Big Twelve that's <clears throat> really gonna, I guess, bring it to Eddie Lampkin right now. Maybe, maybe Melissa Cisse from Oklahoma State. Possibly, we got to see that matchup. We, we really do, because. We we know that every everyone can lose in this in this conference. We, we're not surprised about that. I'm just feeling bad for Texas Tech. Honestly, I, I'm feeling me too. really bad for Texas Tech. If they were if, if they were placed, and a lot of people said this, if they were placed in like the Big East or the Pac-12 or oh, the ACC, forget about it. Uh, they'd be on top of a conference. They really, they really, they honestly really wouldn't. I I don't know how possible this is. I really, I I don't. I do not know how possible this is. But if all 10 teams could make it to the NCAA tournament. I like I said, like I said, I have no idea whether that's possible or not cuz Texas Tech had a winning record before conference play started just like everybody else. Everyone looked good before conference play started and then obviously it's conference play. Now we're about halfway through conference now. You don't know what's going to happen on the, on the back end of it. Texas Tech is start get the ball rolling. West Virginia could start getting a little something-something as well. You don't know. We really don't know. But because of how strong this conference is, like, do you give these teams the benefit of the doubt and giving them the opportunity to play in the in the tournaments? I don't know. You might be looking at the case for Oklahoma State and Oklahoma and maybe West Virginia. Those, schools are, those teams are currently in the bubble, and they have, they have some really good wins. They also have some pretty bad losses. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Texas Tech's able to get get to that get back to that point because their non conference resume is incredibly weak. I mean that's that's the one thing that Fair. if they if they had one win over two, one or two wins against quad one teams, Texas Tech would be probably in the bubble conversation as we speak. But I mean you. you you're not benefiting it off your off of your non conference schedule, and you and you haven't won any games in the Big Twelve, um, so it, it's not looking too good for them right now. Okay, I kind of I I understand. That. I just I have a lot of respect for Texas Tech. I do too. This is a this They're, was a team that we knew we knew what they were last year. They lost some guys to the transfer portal. I know which you know really stinks for them, but. You you know what they bring. You know what they bring. You know what the type of home atmosphere that they have. Oh yeah, which was already be one of the best in the Big Twelve already. But when te- especially when Texas comes into town, it's especially when it's, Texas comes uh-huh. into town. They have they have the means to beat anybody in this conference. Everyone does. Literally every everyone does. I respect every single team in this conference because they they have shown that they should be respected. This is what the SEC football wants to be. Yeah, it is. They don't have any yeah, deep. It they is. don't. They don't. It's not the deepest conference. They don't have a, a like Missouri's down, Vanderbilt's down, all those teams in the dweller. You're looking at the Big Twelve, and if you stack them up against any other conference, 
which we're going to see this weekend in the SEC Challenge. Yeah. Um, to me, it just a it just shows a lot more comp. It's just a lot more competitive uh, from from one to from one to nine. And I mean, to me, it it just to me it feels like. It's, I can't come up with words. It's, it's, it's different. It's com- it, it's it so is, different. It is like it's like you said. It's deep. SEC football. They they ride the coattails of four teams if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. If four team four teams if they're lucky. They ride the coattails on. Oh, MIC! Look, look at Georgia represent the SEC. Go Tigers! Yeah. See all that, all that, and then yep. like, hey, let's not forget you have ten other teams in your conference. But <laughs> once again, that's a conversation for another day. But we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive deeper into K-State men's basketball and have a little preview, possibly, about what's going on in Ames, Iowa tomorrow and maybe a little glimpse at the Big 12 SEC Challenge this weekend when Keontae Johnson takes on his former team, the Florida Gators. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. Did I I hear a zipper? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I timed that perfectly on accident. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. But we're getting into the final few minutes of the show. If you missed early on, I had like a 30-minute rant on the uh, Dallas Cowboys, and it felt good. It hurt, but it felt good that I got that off my chest. Always good to get it off your chest. And it did. Let it it all out. And it was. And it was. It was worth it. I I said a lot of things, but it was worth it. It needed to be said. And then we talked about K-State men's basketball, them being ranked number five in the AP poll today. The highest ranking we've had in quite, quite, quite Mm some time. The best start we've had to a season in 60 years at 17-2. and Yep. So... You can imagine our excitement here in Manhattan, Kansas. You can only imagine. Uh Uh-huh. In a year that we were picked last in the Big 12. Now leading the Big 12 by at least, like, by what, at least a game, right? Yeah. So, but yes, but now, but now things are, things might be a little different, okay? Now everyone's gonna, now everyone's gonna come for us. Everyone's gonna come for K-State now. We are the hunted. We are now being the hunted. So tomorrow, K-State goes to Ames to take on Iowa State. One of the two one of the two schools that I think can like really to really be a threat to K-State. I'm granted, like I said before in the last segment, no team should be slept on in this league. Nobody. Absolutely none. But I'm talking about the biggest threats. The biggest threats to me right now, Iowa State and TCU. That's that's at least that's, I, that's my opinion. As much as I hate to say it, um, I mean, the the Big Twelve is also going to run through Lawrence as well, but yes, still, yes, KU is going to be racking up a few losses. They are going to lose tonight. Ooh, I'm going to call it right now. Yo, uh, there's no. I'm sorry. I, like I said this before the show started. No way KU loses three in a row. They are. No way. What? Yep. I don't think a ref would let that happen. Uh oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't no, think an official if, would let unless, that happen. Unless if it was at home. No, they're playing in Waco tonight. Yeah, they are. But has that ever really stopped them before? Let's be honest. Touche. I did let 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 let's be honest. 
I don't know. I don't see it happening a third time. I really don't. There we have we have the Duke Virginia game on in the studio right now, and they're talking about it at halftime, saying what's wrong with Kansas. So yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. they're trying to figure it out. Don't know. You got Seth Greensburg talking to the to the rest of the guys. We don't know what they're saying. All they have is closed captioning, and I can't necessarily read and this talk at the hard. same time. If you so. don't play well, <laughs> you are not winning. Wow, well, that's pr- pretty much as simple as it is. If you're not playing well, you aren't winning. That's KU basketball right now. I guess so. Jalen Wilson's playing really well. Jaylen, but, well yeah, but I mean, it, but was, was y- his, it doesn't take one one person to fully win a game. You're right. What is what is that guy's name unless who used to play? A, unless if you're a, a Yoka Lee, by the way. So. A by the way, uh, but there was one guy at KU who's been tweeting. I think it was I think it was Frank Mason, if I'm not mistaken. He said that he likes Jalen Wilson's game, but. He needs to try to create more for his teammates, and I'm like, well, to me, yeah, I, I can see that. Considering he dropped 38 against K State, yeah, which was an amazing game. I will give that to him. It was like what 38 and nine, and then he dropped 30 against TCU. But I, what do those two I games have like, in common? They were both L's. I feel like it's, I feel like that's the case you have to make towards Juwan Harris, though. Probably. He's been, he, I mean, he, he's been, he, he's had some uh, some of his moments, but he hasn't fully gotten. The the best passes in transition. He's all, I mean, with the amount of assists that he's cut, came away with as well, he's had a few turnovers in the past. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like he might have been low key concussed when he at the oh, in the yeah. last I, half when he when he was playing here against K State. He hit his head kind of heftily on the yeah. ground and he came back in, and then he of course had that pivotal turnover to end the game. So I feel like that young man may have been low key concussed, but KU's bench is not deep. We've learned that now. It ain't deep. It, KU's bench is not deep. You would have thought so, considering they just have a lot of, like, a plethora of four or five star guys, but you just have a few of those, and you have kind of some walk ons that are like, look at me. I wear, K- I wear a Kansas uniform. Oh, Shiver really Timbers. Play. It's Zach Clements. Who would know? Oh, that, oh, that guy that, that played that no one knew who he was? Yeah. Yeah, see, my point exactly. This year's version of Mitch Lightfoot. Oh damn! Oh yeah, you should see him tweeting out. Oh, um, actually, I did see that. I he, see. He, he we lived in a said sovereign free. It was so funny to watch. I mean, you go for it. If you wanted to go and dig up, you know, get up all of his rings, he said like, "Oh, they're gonna, they're, they, I'm gonna get him with this." You can look go at ahead. my rings. You can go ahead and do that. But honestly. If we need to keep the standard that the Big 12 is the best conference in the country, I'm going to need KU to get their stuff together because they play Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, they play Kentucky. They play Kentucky. I think it's at Rupp Arena. Yeah, and Kentucky is yep. not exactly Kentucky right now. And the guy they got to worry about is Oscar Sheebway, but I do think KJ Adams is going to get his lunch eight against Oscar Sheebway. Yeah. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to get his lunch eight. But he's if a monster. You, yeah, he, that man is a monster, an absolute beast. So, but they got to try to maybe keep the other four guys in check. Okay, fine. But still, like I said, we got bigger fish to fry as a whole conference. I'm going to need KU to get their stuff together against against Kentucky, and they can be whatever after the fact because there's a lot of games going on this weekend for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. You got K-State going up against Florida, which we talked about briefly. And they're and like you said, John, they're what, 11-8? and eight or? Yeah, Florida's 11-8. and eight. They're yeah. going to play South Carolina on Wednesday. Yeah, so if y'all want to do a little scouting yourself, check them out I'm gonna, I'm gonna on have, Wednesday. I'm going to have to scout on them. Same, because I don't know a damn thing about Florida basketball. I'll, I'm going to have that to now. scout on them. I'm calling the game for the station on Saturday. So, yeah, you damn sure need to scout them out. So, y'all, if yep. y'all want to take a look, they play Wednesday against uh, who again? Uh, South Carolina. Against South Carolina. And then you have 
Let's see. What other what other games is going on at Big Twelve SEC uh, Challenge? So you got Texas playing at Tennessee. That's where oh, that's college. A tough one. That's okay. where college game day is going to be at. Okay. Uh, what else? Auburn's playing at West Virginia. Who hmm. else? Uh, Texas Tech at LSU. Uh, I don't know about their chances. Uh, Alabama plays at Oklahoma. I am very worried for Potter Mosier's squad. I, I, Alabama's well, really, really good. That's a tough matchup for Oklahoma and West Virginia because Auburn is, they're pretty good. Um, and then you have Alabama. They're, they're like, what? Are they number two now? Number two or three? Uh, in the AP poll right now? Yeah, number two. So, well, I think they should have been number one ahead of Purdue. Yeah, so that's, that's, okay, that's going to be tough. Oklahoma. I think that's, an, that's tough. you got two uh, you got two pretty underrated games. You got Arkansas at Baylor and oh, yeah. and then an old Big Twelve matchup, Iowa State at Missouri. See, that's gonna that's gonna be fun. I I have Iowa State that game, but although I think that it's gonna be a closer game than a lot of people think. It's in Columbia too, so Yeah, that's gonna be a much closer game than a lot of people think, in my opinion, of what that game's gonna be like. The yeah. Iowa Iowa State and, and Mizzou. Mizzou's been nothing to sneeze at. I'm not gonna lie. They've you know They've done well in their first season. Yeah, they've Dennis done Gates. they've done well in their first season, absolutely. Uh, but you need you need uh, what is his name Grill to to get better because he's not yep. going to be he's not going to be playing tomorrow night against the Cats. I do not know what his injury is or the extent of it, but he's he's a key piece. He really is. He's one of the Big Twelve leading scorers. He was one of the top scorers on the team. He led he led Iowa State uh, in three point field goal shooting with thirty seven point six percent. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cyclones will do without one of her top leading scorers. Yeah, this is going to be a huge test for them already tomorrow night with K-State going up against them. That is tomorrow at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. And then it's just going to be a super fun weekend of basketball with this Big 12 SEC Challenge. A lot of eyes. A lot of eyes. Big 12 every day. Okay, but we have come to the conclusion of tonight's show. John, quickly, what is your socials for the people? John Grove 02 on both Instagram and Twitter, and it doesn't have an H on John. So. And you can, Man, that was a disappointing way to end it. It's okay. People know what people know what you mean. And you can follow me at Jasmine3H. That is J-A-Z-S-M-I-N. We will catch y'all next Monday on Run It Back here on Wildcat 919.